It's time for JT the Brick. I'm working for free today. Get the blank out of here. The tackles that are coming into this program have now got to be. One of them's got to pop like Daryl Russell. One of them's got to pop. Who's it going to be? How long have we been waiting for a young defensive tackle to come in here since Daryl Russell and go, I got this. Don't take me off the field. I'm a beast. JT the Brick. I'm on a roll. I want an elite superstar, 25-year-old linebacker who's going to play five years in a row. You're going to pay him a new contract, and he's just great. This place hasn't done that well, and now Dave Ziegler probably could do a much better job at that position, I would believe, because the Patriots had a lot of good linebackers. Play that rant again. I'll get the hell out of here. And now, here's JT the Brick. Welcome back. Hour number two, JT, with you. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame and our good friends at Las Vegas Events. As we are set for another great class that's about to be inducted. And Ryan Ludwig, kind enough to join us. He graduated from Durango High School, went to UNLV, had a brilliant career there. And 12 years in the major leagues, including an all-star appearance in 2008, part of the new inducting class. Ryan, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. How are you? JT, what's up, bro? Hey, I'm thinking about making a switch to linebacker right now. <laughs> After hearing that open, you are a, if you're a sideline to sideline, don't come off the field linebacker. I can, I can get you a look by the Raiders. You take that, right? I, I think I can do it. I'm a little bit old, but I, I, I can make a comeback. Awesome. Hey, I want to get into your career early, especially in high school here in Vegas at Durango and your family and the baseball background. It really seems like this is a story of perseverance and growing into your body, getting stronger and quieting the doubters. Tell us about your journey as it started early as a little league player and a high school player. You know, you're right. I, you know, it kind of became that way, but I, I can't explain it, man. Um, when I was growing up, I always, I always, I always thought I was the best on the field, even though I probably wasn't at the time. Um, I had that mindset, and I think I think a lot of the elite players in whatever sport that be—football, basketball, baseball, hockey, tennis, golf, whatever that is—I um, think the mental side is so big. It's a big part of it. And, and when I was young, I just I always believed in myself. And you know, I had a brother that played in the big leagues. He believed in me. My mom and dad believed in me, and you know, that's all I needed. And um, you know, as I got older, I, I saw myself getting better, and then, uh, you know, the size and the strength started coming along, and then there was a point in my career where, you know, when I got to UNLV, I knew. I mean, obviously, I was one of the top freshmen in the, in the country. I was a, a freshman All-American. I knew I was one of the best players in the world, and then it was just a wrap. Excellent. When you got to UNLV, what was the strength and conditioning? You mentioned your brother and the ability to dial in and become the hitter with power. Was power with you, or did it just click in one off season where you were able to drive the ball better with more power to all fields? No, I always had power. I always had a lot of power. I always had a fast bat, and I had a lot of power for my size. But um, I think that every day, you know, waking up at 6 in the morning and being at UNLV, weights in the morning and going to class, just the, the regiment and the routine, um, obviously the creatine and the protein, and Jake's and you know really really taking it um to heart as far as the the strength and conditioning aspect of life um took my body to a different level um the bat speed was always there and then obviously you know um just getting reps man I learned how to hit and um and and then it, it just kind of all came together later in my career it wasn't you know some guys I, I played with you know um a good friend of mine Kevin Everwine younger in his career is really good. And, you know, you think of the Chad Hermansons and, 
you know, the Nick days of the world that I grew up with and, and kind of my class that were, they, they were just superstars from a young age. And, and for me, it just kind of could, kind of clicked a little bit later. Yeah, Ryan Ludwig's our guest, ended up becoming an all-star in 2008, won the Silver Slugger Award. Really is, before we get to that season, one of the great seasons we've seen in the modern era of baseball. So you get drafted in the minor league road to get out of the minors, to get an opportunity in the big leagues. What were the highs and lows of that, going through that, when you know that you can play, but you got to go on this journey? How were you able to handle that mentally? Um. The, the toughest part was that first full season, you know, mm-hmm. I, I got off to a rough start in a ball and, and, um, I think I was hitting it like a 200 clip with like three or four home runs at the break. And then the second half I hit like 350 with, uh, shoot, I think 25 home runs. And, um, then in double a, you know, I, I, I dominated double a, I went to the futures game and I was in triple a by the end of the year. And then the following year I was in the big leagues. So I was only in the minor leagues for two years really before I got to the big leagues. And then, you know, I got up there and I realized I wasn't that good. <laughs> Those guys exploited the hell out of me, and and uh, I had to go back to the drawing board and and uh, work off season, learn how to hit the ball the other way a little bit better. And you know, that's kind of what you do, man. And in, in sports, you you know, it's it's a game of adjustments. And and um, I always tell the young guys, I work for the Cardinals now. I work in the front office. I'm special assistant to the president. And, um, I tell all our young hitters and young players, like, if you feel like you got the game figured out, you might as well quit. I mean, I, I try to show up still to this day, and mm-hmm. I try to learn something new every time I come to the ballpark, and I think that's really important. Ryan Ludwig is our guest, the newest recipient of the honor of Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. He is inducted in this next class. So t- if you can take our listeners behind the scenes, Ryan, of the Cardinals organization, what they saw in you early and the opportunity to come play for them. I think that's a great story also of perseverance and an individual who saw something in you and never gave up on you. Yeah, so John Mazalak, he's the, he's the pres- he was the GM and he's now the president of the Cardinals organization. He happened to be the scouting director when I played at UNLV, and he came in along with 28 other teams and showed up to watch me play at UNLV, and I stayed out late one night, and uh, I was late to a game, and I um, got held out of the game. I showed up like five minutes before the game, and uh, it was the only time I've ever been late in my entire life, and he always tells me I probably missed out on about $1.52 million because of that day, but um, anyhow, um, I was a free agent the year after I played for the Tigers in 06, and then in 07, um, the Cardinals and the Marlins, it kind of came down to those two teams. I was a minor league free agent that I was assigned with, and um, my agent got me in touch with Mo, who's obviously now the president of the Cardinals, and he called me up, and he was like, I just want to let you know, you know, I was at that game when you showed up late, but um, I followed your career, and I know you've had some injuries, and I believe in you, and I want to give you a second chance. And I basically told him, I'll sign with you guys if you promise me. If I'm the best player at the time, you guys call me up. And um, he held his promise, and we've formed a great friendship ever since. And um, he's actually speaking on my behalf at the the Hall of Fame. And um, just kind of kind of weird, kind of weird how the world works, man. Just uh, it was it was was crazy timing. Ryan Ludwig, that it's an amazing story. You're late. This is a gentleman who was there to see you. You weren't on time, but he remembered you. 
you come back, now you work for him, and you have this unbelievable relationship, and he's going to give the induction speech for you. I want to get to 2008. You made the all-star team. You went on to hit 37 home runs, and you knocked in 113 RBI and won the Silver Slugger Award at the end of that 2008 season here. One of the great offensive years we've seen. What was that year like to be locked in, coming to the ballpark every day, knowing you were going to be a tough out, you had a lot of power, and you were able to stay consistent? It was exactly what you said. Um, it was one of those years where every day I showed up to the ballpark, I was extremely locked in, and I felt like um, I just I couldn't be beat. You know, I, I just... Uh, there was never a bad day. Even even if there was a bad day, I, I didn't I didn't feel it in, in my brain. I, I just every day I showed up, I felt like I was the best player on the planet, and I felt like every pitch I got that was in the zone that I was hunting, I didn't miss. And um, it was it was it was it was a, it was a great year. You know, I got to go to Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium, and yeah, uh, my wife came with me. We did that whole parade through the city and. You know, that's year Josh Hamilton had that big home run derby, and, and um, the All Star game went extra innings. I got to play in six innings of it and made a diving play in it. Didn't get any hits in it because I had to face freaking Mariano Rivera, who was my <laughs> crush tonight. I, mean, I couldn't hit. The, I don't think anyone can hit that guy. But um, it was uh, it was a special year. It was a really special year. And you know, looking back at growing up in Vegas, um, you talked about you know being a kid and, and, and idolizing the guys like the Maddox brothers and, you know, Andre Agassi and, and, you know, these, these people that were very influential, influential, you know, athletes in, in the city of Las Vegas. And to be able to go into the hall of fame with those people, it's, uh, I can't, I can't tell you how much it means to me and how, um, how, how, how excited I am for the night and, and how thankful I am. Yeah, you're going to be blown away. It's one of the best Hall of Fame ceremonies I go to. Every, whenever I get a chance to go, I'm blown away, usually by the class, the service of the event, the quality of the event, and then the pre-party, the after-party. Everybody comes together as a family. Ryan, as we wrap this up, you know Vegas is a great baseball town. I live in Summerlin, and I see Summerlin South Little League that my kids went through. Basic just beat Gorman. You have these power schools, Paolo. A lot of professional baseball, Bryce Harper, Chris Bryant, the baseball players, Greg Maddox here in this town. Why does it work so well? I, I obviously know the weather, and you can play year-round here, but Vegas is growing and growing as a baseball town, not only to find young talent, but it seems like a lot of legends and a lot of former players want to retire here. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I think a lot of it is the weather, um, and, and growing up, Nothing against football or basketball, but um, there's this kind of a stigma, right? Like there weren't, weren't a lot of basketball and football players come out of the city. So when you looked at the guys that were professional athletes coming out of the town, I'd say probably sixty to seventy percent of them were baseball guys. You know, you had mm-hmm. that. You know, you had your, your you had your football guys, you had your basketball guys, but it seemed like the majority was baseball and and. Um, you know, I think back to Las Vegas Baseball Academy and, and um, just, you know, the Las Vegas Stars. And, and, and I don't know what it is. It's just a weird dynamic. And, and hey, I'll talk to scouts. You know, Randy Flores is our scouting director in St. Louis. And um, I played with him in the minor leagues and the big leagues. And he said, you know, 
Vegas is it's, it's, it's kind of a weird dynamic, man. It's not the biggest city, but they put out talent like California or Texas or Florida. So I don't know what it is, man. Maybe it's something in the water. That's it. Even though Lake Mead, we need to get more water into Lake Mead, and I know you know that story, Ryan. Unbelievable. It, it is. It's wild. I just flew over it uh, coming back from Chicago this week, and it was alarming. I'll see. Yeah, it is. I'll see you at the induction. I talked to Dale Eels and a lot of other people around town. They are excited for you. Las Vegas events. All the members of the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame who came before you. It's going to be a great night, and I'm happy we're able to talk on the radio. Thanks for doing this. Well. I'm- Appreciate you having me on, and I look forward to it. And uh, like I said, man, super excited, super like uh, I can't can't believe it's happening. And look forward to meeting you and everyone else. And uh, so thank you. You got it. There he is, everybody. Ryan Ludwig. What a year he had. I mean, what a year he had. Uh, the, the, the season he had, his All Star season in two thousand and eight, thirty seven homers, and he had one hundred thirteen RBI, and he broke Ricky Henderson's record. As the only baseball player who threw left, hit right, he broke Ricky Henderson's record for most home runs. So very bizarre. You throw with one hand, you hit with the other on the other side. He's the guy with that record. Think of all the players that have played baseball. So he's the next inductee along with the class, and we'll continue to talk to the rest of the class. While I started that interview, breaking news, breaking news, Colin Kaepernick, who last played football in 2016, the same year he started kneeling during the national anthem to protest, protest racial injustice is scheduled to work out this week for the Las Vegas Raiders. Adam Schefter. More on Colin Kaepernick in the breaking news. Colin Kaepernick reportedly to get a workout according to Adam Schefter. When Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport break news like that, we go with it live and we'll see what happens. It will mark Kaepernick's first workout with an NFL team since being exiled. And it will be the first time the former star quarterback visits with the team since he flew to Seattle to meet with the Seahawks in May of 2017 before they passed on the opportunity to sign him. Uh, This is a big deal. Obviously, it's huge breaking news. It's all over. Right here on NFL Network, developing story. Right here with the Raiders and Colin Kaepernick. Uh, Adam Schefter went on to write, Raiders owner Mark Davis is following in the spirit of his late father, Al Davis, who was active in civil rights. Al Davis became the first NFL owner in the modern era to hire a blackhead coach in Archell, a female chief executive in Amy Trask, and also became the second NFL owner to hire a Latino head coach in Tom Flores. The NFL had said it encouraged teams to take a look at Kaepernick. But not only has Kaepernick not signed a contract with any team, but also has not received a single workout offer until now. Carr currently the starting quarterback of the Raiders. They also traded for backup Jared Stidham earlier this month in a deal with the Patriots. Las Vegas also has quarterback Nick Mullins, who signed with the Raiders this offseason. Kaepernick, 34, 34, recently threw to undrafted receivers for NFL scouts at halftime of Michigan spring game. That was an invitation from Jim Harbaugh. So we'll see how this plays out. We know how inclusive Mark Davis is. You know that. And we'll see what happens with this workout here. But that is breaking news. Adam Schefter, Colin Kaepernick to work out for the Las Vegas Raiders this week. Sources say we'll wait to hear what the Raiders have on this. But again, that's coming from Adam Schefter and his verified account. 
702-365-9200. That's a good topic to call in on. And it'll probably be a massive topic on this channel the rest of the week. You know, I've evolved on Colin Kaepernick over my career from the beginning, from when he to- first took a knee, to being educated on the topic, to Colin Kaepernick, what he's done on and off the field in his career. It's an evolution for a lot of people. I'm not saying that you have to root for him or not, but uh, he should have had an opportunity to try out around the league. I- I've never had an issue with that at all. I never thought he wanted to play again. I really didn't think he wanted to play again because if he did, I think we'd see a YouTube video of him every day in a park thrown to someone and also his battles and what he's tried to do with the media, some of his other projects there. But he seems committed to come back and play in this league or at least have an opportunity to do that. And I said that since day one and day one. And again, my issue on taking a knee or not, I would not take a knee under any circumstance. Others who do rightfully can do that they have the right to do that in a peaceful protest we all know that but Kaepernick easily deserved the chance to be a a third string quarterback and a backup quarterback never going to be a starter unless he becomes a third string quarterback right everybody you got to be a third string you got to get a workout and then become a third stringer before you become a second stringer and then have an opportunity to play in the league and I always thought he deserved an opportunity for a workout or a tryout, and it looks like that's the way we're leaning here. I'll ask Bill Williamson about that coming up next. He'll join us, NFL Insider, 25 years covering the Raiders. He'll join us coming up, and then we'll talk to Kevin Bollinger. This is breaking news for him to touch on, too. Bill Williamson just put it out there at silverandblackpride.com, Raiders to work out Colin Kaepernick. That's where we're at, and he's been covering the John Gruden story. We'll touch on that with Bill coming up next. This is Raider Nation Radio. Kaepernick under center, hide behind him, Miller offset right, Kaepernick play fakes, looking to pass, pressure coming, pulls the ball down, rolling to his left, now throws one into the back of the end zone, caught by Bolden, touchdown 49ers. That's our good friend, the old friend, Ted Robinson on the call. Colin Kaepernick now going to get a tryout with the Raiders, according to Adam Schefter. Uh, That is from Adam Schefter's verified account, Bill Williamson. Raider Insider, NFL Insider for over 25 years. So tweeted it out. And, Bill, good to talk to you. We weren't planning on doing this when I reached out to you. What do you think of the breaking news on Kaepernick and this Sources tryout coming up here? Yeah, uh, NFL Media reported that's happening today. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll see some uh, some quick movement. Certainly uh, surprising, but, you know, the first thing you think about is that Mark Davis told, uh, you know, long-time Bay Area reporter uh, Monte Poole mm-hmm. last month that he'd be open to it and, and if our football people would be interested, you know, and it got a lot of attention and it should have, but, you know, I, I don't want to say the caveat, but the but was if they don't think it's a football fit, I'm not going to push them. That was, and, and, and that's fair. I think that's all you want your owner. You don't want your owner to push anything. Um, and then, you know, they, they had brought in, they had brought in Nick Mullins and Derek Gilbert at that point, and then since then they traded for Derek Simmons and they cut Gilbert. So, you know, Kaepernick was always out there, so you could make the argument it was just lip service, 
but obviously it wasn't, and we'll see if, if you know, the one thing about if, if Daniels and Ziegler seems a fit football-wise, yeah, we can see him added to this roster. So, and, you know, I mean, my, my thought then, if, if he becomes a Raider, is that, you know, it would be a very Al Davis-like move. Um, you know, he's always, always, you know, human rights, and he was always, you know, there's a lot of first, you know, first African-American uh, head coach and, uh, you know, Shell and Amy Chachkin, first woman um, executive for the team. So this would just kind of continue to continue that torch. Uh, of just mm-hmm. you know, kind of human rights. So that it would be, it'd be a cool story, but we'll see. I don't know how far this will get. Bill Williamson is our guest, covers the Raiders for SB Nation. Yeah, it makes sense to me, a lot of sense from Mark Davis's perspective. He's all about inclusion, and we all know that, and we know that from Mrs. Davis and Al Davis, who passed away. The question is, with the depth chart, you have Stidham there, who clearly knows Josh McDaniel's offense, and. Colin Kaepernick, when he was in his prime and healthy, he's still a lot younger than Tom Brady and a lot of other quarterbacks that are veterans in the league. He was explosive. When he played at his highest point, Bill, against the Packers, and I remember him faking out Clay Matthews and then going for a 60-yard run, and that was way before Lamar Jackson and, and after Michael Vick. I remember putting him right there with Vick. He had explosive playmaking ability with his legs, and wasn't a great passer, but he was okay, and he put up some numbers there. With the Raiders' depth chart here, didn't you think that Stidham would be a perfect choice to be the backup for Carr because of how familiar he is with Josh McDaniels in that playbook? Yeah, I mean, that's how I see it. I think, you know, certainly he will compete with Mullins and perhaps Kaepernick in training camp. But, um, yeah, I see him as the favorite. And, you know, they traded for him for a reason, and it's familiarity of the playbook, as you said, it'll help Derek Carr along in the first few, you know, next few weeks just to have a guy in the, you know, in that quarterback room who, who can say, well, this is what that means. And, and, and that's great. And that helps Mullins. But Mullins, you know, remember, was a number three last year for the most of the season. And he played against the Raiders in December because the first two quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and Colt McCoy, were, were on the COVID list. So I, I think Stidham is going to be the number two, but we'll see. I mean, if Kaepernick comes, you know, he's certainly, um, yeah, I mean, he has a lot of experience. Six years is a long time. He was a backup, I believe, at the end of his, you know, time in the NFL. And he will be, he's 34, he'll be 35 in November. So we'll see. I think right now it's, wow, he's got to work out. Um, that's something else that's cool. Mark Davis wasn't just lip service. Now let's see where it goes. But, yeah, it's certainly the NFL news of the day on a, what we thought was going to be a slow Wednesday. Bill Williamson is our guest. You better believe it. It's breaking the Internet now. It's a breaking news story all over. Uh, good news for John Gruden today. The NFL motion to compel arbitration is denied. The judge ruled in favor of John Gruden. So I always thought that was going to happen. I thought that John Gruden deserved his day in court with a trial here. I listened to about a half hour of it today. I thought his attorney made a really compelling argument to not suppress and just throw this into arbitration. You're following this story. How do we read into this today? Well, I think the NFL is very nervous. Um, They probably saw this coming, but certainly didn't want it to come. I mean, it's too victory for John Gruden. You know, he doesn't, uh, he he gets the case to be a a, a court case and not NFL arbitration. That would have been kind of 
silly and uh, you know not great for him, of course. And then it, the case wasn't thrown out, so the the judge thinks there's merit, and you know, so we will see. Um, a lot of people think that well, the next step usually for a defendant in this case, especially you know a mega rich company like that, is to very likely seek a settlement. Maybe John Gruden doesn't want to sell him. Maybe he wants to go to court. I mean, you know, um, who knows? I mean, I know John Gruden, he has money. I don't know how much money he's asking for, but we'll see. Maybe he wants to take this to court. And if, that, if it gets to court, it could get very, very ugly for the NFL because it could be a lot of discovery that it doesn't want to get out, and that could have repercussions for other aspects of the league. So... That's a huge story today, too. I mean, yeah, two big big whoppers in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think so. Bill Williamson, as we wrap it up, SB Nation. You know, I've known John Gruden a long time and know him well, and I, I know it's not about the money. I'm positive it's not about the money. Yeah. He'll get the money he deserves. It's about him getting back into football, Bill, and I've heard from sources in the NFL that there's a chance he gets back in if he clears his name. No one is going to ever – support the content of the emails but how those emails were gathered and how many other people on those email chains and have said the same thing and maybe even worse on emails those people now there's 650,000 emails Gruden was singled out for his emails and I think that's really important and as you know he wasn't a coach in the NFL at the time he was an employee of ESPN on Monday Night Football so I thought there was a big overreach there and this could lead to congressional hearings when it comes to Daniel Snyder and the commanders and their server and all these issues. And, you know, it had a deep effect on the Raiders as they had to change their game plan in a year where they had a lot of distractions but still made the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's a huge thing. I, to be honest with you, JP, I'd be surprised if he gets back in the league. Mm-hmm. You know, certainly I, I'm sure that would be his goal because he's a, he's a football guy. He went to. He came back in the league because he loved football. He had the, the money in that football. He had the money. So this this is an extension of that. I mean, somebody close to him told me before while well, he's still at Monday Night Football. You know the the saying, "Living the dream." John Gruden is living the dream. You know, he's living in Florida. He's golfing all the time. He's watching football film. He doesn't have the pressure of being a coach, and he's making a ton of money. And he's working X amount of hours. X amount of months of the year, he's living the dream. So he gave that up to get back to the because of his raw love of the game. So I'm sure he still has that, and that's probably his motivation. But I don't know if, he, if anybody would let him back in. But that's, I guess that's a topic for another day. And lastly, Bill, I wanted to talk to you about your column and Carr and his stats for potential consideration for the Hall of Fame. It's a topic I like a lot. I think the Hall of Fame is about individual statistics, not the team. If you happen to win a Super Bowl, great. If you don't win a Super Bowl like Philip Rivers or Dan Marino, you have to go to the stats. And when I look at Carr and you've dove into the stats that he has now, that would be yards, touchdowns, interceptions, come from behind drives. What are some of the compelling stats coming into his ninth year that you think maybe in year 15, 16, 17, he could be Hall of Fame worthy? Well, I think that he has to, you know, what you're talking about is I did a podcast and, Mm. you know, stared it off of Colin Cowherd's comments 
um, that he's predicting that Derek Carr will go to the Hall of Fame. I think if Derek Carr is going to go to the Hall of Fame, it's going to be based on what he does from this point on. Mm-hmm. And I do feel, because, yeah, he has a lot of numbers, but this is a very number-driven era. So you do have to have a, you have to have a significant amount of wins. And I think that he would have to – he because I don't think anybody talked about Matthew Stafford as a Hall of Famer before last year. Now I say, okay, well, he's, you know, what, 33, 34 years old, he's got one. Probably has to get another one. And I think Derek Carr is in that. I know we're coming from two different things, but he's that far deep into his career. I think he would need to get a lot done. And that's not saying he can't. I mean, the the, the stage is set for him to be successful, right? He's got that uh, receiver in the NFL who he obviously has a rapport with in chemistry. And he has a quarterback guru coach, so he has an opportunity to get going. And I think he will have to. But I think he will have to win a lot of games and, and put up some monster stats to do that. But that's not. He does have time. I mean, I don't think we're looking at his career running short. He's, he's just turned thirty-one, so he mm-hmm. does have, you know, eight, nine, ten years left in him. Thank you, Bill. But a lot of breaking news today. I know you're busy and going to get back to work on this. Thanks for the time, as always, my friend. Thank you, too. We'll see you, man. You got it, Bill Williamson. So I'm in the middle of doing a show today with four interviews and Colin Kaepernick and his tryout to the Raiders breaking news. Bill confirmed that coming on Adam Schefter's initial tweet. If you'd like to comment on this, I'm assuming everybody on the rest of the day, apart from I, the, Bobby, is Q back yet? Or I know Vinny's on. Q is back. Vinny's on. I'm sure this is going to be a big topic, and they'll both jump on this. Also, with the Raiders having a media session tomorrow and the opportunity to talk Raiders, we'll get into that with everybody. So Colin Kaepernick and a tryout, sources say, with the Raiders. Uh, Bill said what he heard from today. It would be today. We'll see how this news breaks. It'll be all over SportsCenter. It'll be breaking news tonight, and we're in the offseason. We're in the offseason when stories like these break. We all appreciate it. Because guys who do and gals who do what I do for a living, June and July get interesting. You know, unfortunately, we have the NBA final starting on June 2nd, some other storylines. But Colin Kaepernick has been a compelling storyline in the NFL and talk radio for a long, long time. First show I did in San Francisco on their flagship, 95-7 the game. The first show I did was the Monday after he took the knee against the Chargers. And... I don't regret the show, but I've evolved since then, and I have, and I've been on the radio talking about this uninterrupted for years. So I'm, I'm a good guy to call in on this, wherever you stand on this at all. He didn't make the team. No one's saying he's going to make the team. He's getting a workout. I'm sure we'll hear from Mark Davis at some point, without a doubt, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, and we'll see how his workout goes. I hope it goes well. He's a great player. He was a great player. And if he's getting a tryout for an NFL team, that's something you take very seriously around the league because a quarterback can change a game quickly. And if you look at the height of Colin Kaepernick, the best that he played, the absolute best, and the height of Marcus Mariota, who was a backup quarterback here for years, Kaepernick was a better player than Mariota. He did not win a Heisman. Mariota did. Mariota went to the playoffs. Colin Kaepernick went to the Super Bowl. But very similar players. Players who were better with their legs than their arm. Players who could make the throws but were explosive outside the pocket. And that was the backup quarterback for the Raiders here in Marcus Mariota for a number of years. 702-365-9200. Kevin Bollinger will join us coming up next. 
the sports director from Fox 5 here in Vegas, will get his opinion on this breaking news going forward. And I want to take some calls. Your initial reaction to Adam Schefter's breaking news on Colin Kaepernick getting a tryout with the Raiders. 702-365-9200. Okay, working out for the Raiders today. And that's right in front of me on NFL Network. So right here, NFL Network reporting Colin Kaepernick working out today for the Raiders. The radio show is live today. We look for Raider fans today to react on this. Let's roll. It's the biggest story in the NFL. Sound off like you got a pair. No team's brought me in for a workout. No team has brought me in for, for an opportunity. I had the, the one meeting with Seattle in 2017, and out of that, Pete Carroll said, hey, he's a starter, we have a starter, and things moved on from there. But they don't have a starter right now. It was Colin Kaepernick a while ago. I don't know exact date on that, but he gets an opportunity to work out for the Raiders today. According to Adam Schefter, NFL Network, and that news which is out here, Kevin Bollinger from Fox 5 will join us momentarily. Uh, let's get the passionate Raider on this, all Raider fans who want to interact on this topic. Go ahead. Oh, good, good afternoon, JT. Man, Woo. first off, you know, first I wanted to call the show this morning because this morning when I called it, I really thought that I needed to give my condolences to the family and, and all the families that are affected by this horrible tragedy. And great job how you laid that out today, man. That, that, that's just first and foremost above anything today. And um, just, just, just shout out, man. I, I couldn't even imagine being a, a parent and getting that phone call. I have four kids myself, babe. So that's just, that's just tough. But in Raider news, man, we try to make light, bring a little, a little happiness, if that's what you want to call it. But I'm all for Kaepernick, JT. I, I think it's good. I think the man deserves a chance. Every human being deserves a chance in life, and no one should ever not get an opportunity to do what they love. I wish them the best. If it works out, all we want to do in Vegas is just win, baby. Thanks for taking my call, JT. Have fun with your parents in town. Enjoy it. You know, that's life, man. Have a great Appreciate day. the call. Let's Thanks go. a lot for checking in. Yeah, and for Kaepernick, it's a workout. Uh, we don't know how he's going to perform in the workout. We'll sure we'll find out about it. There'll be a media session tomorrow with Josh McDaniels after the media is able to see a portion of the practice yesterday. Uh, we'll be live on the radio tomorrow to talk about it all. 702-365-9200. Gangster Raider, quickly, before our guest who's on hold. Go ahead. Thanks for waiting. I just want to say it's about damn time. He should have been, had a workout, and it's been way too long. And I knew if any team would do it, it would be us. That's why a long time ago I bought a, um, a Raider jersey with Colin Kaepernick number and, and name on the back, but I never wore it. It's hanging up in the back of my closet, so if they sign them, I could break it out. You know what I'm saying? Good job, and that's another reason why I'm proud to be a Raider fan. Good job, Mark Davis, and salute. Everybody put some respect on Mr. Mark Davis' name. All right, I'm gone. That's gangster. I'm gone. Yeah, yeah we'll see what happens here again. I'm not going to jump ahead of this. I have no idea. Uh, it was a breaking news story during our show today, and uh, we'll, we'll give you more information when we hear more about it. Kevin Bollinger joins us, Fox 5 here, the sports director. In Vegas, and Kevin, that's a big one. Gruden is going to go to trial. That was the news. I was planning on talking to you about that, too. But Colin Kaepernick getting a workout today 
with the Raiders, and you're a proud partner of the Raiders, a media partner at Fox 5. Pretty big story as we find out about it now. How do you see it? Yeah, uh, very big story. And, and the first media availability of the offseason OTAs is going to be tomorrow, and I think it's going to be obviously uh, topic number one of conversation when Josh McDaniel steps up to the mic uh, to, to get a feel for just how interested they are uh, in, in putting him in a quarterback competition for the backup to Derek Carr. Uh, from all and everything that I've heard leading up to, to this happening, Colin Kaepernick's been in great shape and, and ready to go. So, uh, you know, the, the fact that the Raiders are giving a tryout here, even if it, it doesn't happen in Las Vegas, it may open the door to get other tryouts uh, with other teams now that the first one has happened. Yeah, and that's a really important point, I think, to Kaepernick. And I've always thought, always believed from the beginning of everything, and I haven't agreed with everything with Colin Kaepernick, but I always thought he deserved a tryout and an opportunity to prove that he could play again in this league. At times, he disappeared. It didn't seem like he was interested. At other times, he made some noise, and this is the biggest noise you can make, getting a tryout with an NFL team at their facility so they could see you, uh, film you, evaluate you here. But I thought the Raiders were pretty good at quarterback after Stidham. With Nick Mullins, that to me was shaky. I, I know he can play. We've seen him play. But Stidham, I think, jumps everybody and goes to number two because of his familiarity with Josh McDaniel's playbook and offense, and that seems like a really good backup for Derek Carr. Yeah, I think that the Stidham, when they brought him in, I thought it was over at that point in terms of, of quarterback competition because, as you said, the familiarity with the system to, to more importantly, you know, outside of the, the practice part, but being in the quarterback room and working with Derek Carr as they uh, kind of get a hold of this playbook and, and work their way through it leading up into training camp, uh, he was going to be invaluable to that. So I think Sidham's still got to be considered, uh, you know, choice number two. But who knows, Colin Kaepernick could come in and, and blow the Raiders away today. And, and uh, you know, we'll see where that goes. But I think Stidham, because of his familiarity with McDaniels, has got a huge upper hand. If Kaepernick turns out that he can play and he's athletic because he's still young, does it remind you of Marcus Mariota and his role when he stepped in for Carr and the pistol and to be able to run outside the pocket if that was the next step in the evolution to get more work and an opportunity to play in the league? Yeah, well, you know, we never saw that develop as much as Raider Nation wanted to see on the field during games with Marcus Mariota. But I think that uh, the game, as the game evolves and, and changes and you're starting to see uh, more offenses do this. It, it maybe makes Colin Kaepernick more of an asset to a team that would be interested in. It. Even if it's not the Raiders, say if they he goes and backs up a quarterback that has a similar skill set. So if something does happen to QB one, they know that they ha- they don't have to change their playbook a whole lot in terms of moving in their backup. And that may be uh, the way for Kaepernick to get back into the league. Kevin Bollinger is our guest, Fox Five Sports Director. So the NFL just released. A statement there, PR guy Brian McCarthy says, we believe Coach Gruden's claims should have been compelled to arbitration and will file an appeal in the court's determination. The court's denial of our motion to dismiss is not a determination of the merits of Coach Gruden's lawsuit, which, as we have said from the outset, lacks a basis in law, in fact, and proceeds from a false premise. So seems like a victory clearly for John Gruden as this advances to trial. Yeah, and the NFL is clearly going to try and tie this up in legal matters for as long as they can before they would have to release uh, all of those emails as part of discovery if this does go to trial. And that's really uh, what this is. The interesting part about all of this is if it progresses towards trial, 
uh, Gruden is going to get his hands on on those emails, uh, and we may get a, a better feel for what's going on out there. Yeah, and then I, I, it's going to come down to whether the NFL wants to settle with him, whether Gruden wants to settle with the NFL, or if he truly wants to take this thing to trial. Yeah, Kevin, I always thought, and knowing Coach the way I do, that he, he wants to clear his name and you know start the process of forgiveness and apologies, but he can't do that unless there's a decision made above him with arbitration or a trial where it's looking to go. I mean, no one supports the claims he said in the emails, but I think we've, we've talked about this in the past. The fact that he was singled out with 650,000 emails isn't fair to anybody. And I'd say that about any coach or anyone in the league, especially if they weren't in the league at that time and they weren't a coach and they were an employee of ESPN or Fox or NBC and they weren't in the league. It really looked like they were coming after the Raiders through John Gruden on this, and I think a lot of fans want to see how this plays out long-term and short-term. Yeah, well, the NFL knows what's in those emails, and so they know mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, this could potentially open a can of worms. And, and so I think that, you know, to me, that's the fascinating part of this. If, if there is a settlement involved before this gets to trial, I would expect John Gruden to make sure that he, you know, the money part is one thing. I think, that, as you said, he wants to clear his name, and he's going to make sure – that there are parameters put in place where the NFL is going to have to come out and say this, this, and this for him going forward to make sure that uh, he clears his own name. Because I agree with you, it is important to him. Uh, wrapping it up with Kevin Bollinger. Kevin, let me ask you about what you're looking for here. It's very early in OTAs before camp and what will happen on that three-day mini camp June 7th. When we look at the road for the Raiders, give me one or two topics that you're keeping an eye on. You interviewed me before the draft. We talked about some of the holes they got an offensive lineman in the third round with their first pick in Parnham, but I wonder what they're going to do at right tackle and if there's another offensive lineman, a bigger name, that they could get after June 1st here. What are you thinking? Well, that's, that's the one thing that I think I'm looking at most is that offensive line, and maybe not even uh, after they get that money freed up in June 1st, but once we get into training camp, we all know that there's usually a, a few big-name veterans that are let go uh, as cap casualties or as the teams are moving forward. Uh, if, if there's a, the potential for somebody to come in to kind of uh, get the job done on that side. But clearly, I, I don't know if you know, that they've addressed uh, the, the line situation at all, and nothing, a whole lot has changed since last year. So that's going to be A number one. And then I just want to see how they're getting a grasp of everything because there are going to be the new systems on both sides of the ball. Uh, the fact that the Raiders are, are showing up to these voluntary OTAs Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in almost full capacity numbers just shows you about the culture of this locker room. And I think that, uh, you know, that, that's going to carry over into July so they can hit the ground running when training camp starts. Yeah, Kevin, that's a really important point. I'm happy you brought that up as we wrap it up, the culture. The culture was pretty good in Vegas since the team got here with Gruden before, now Josh McDaniels. These guys like to show up. And I think that's because of Derek Carr. He's an off-season gym rat, likes to work out, wants to throw in the park wants to be in the building, and then you add Max Crosby into that. Where Crosby's there, it seems so as much as anybody I've heard of. And then you bring in Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams. They're guys who want to work. So the culture is very strong when it comes to attendance. When you look around the league and certain players don't want to show up to OTAs, they'll wait till minicamp. That hasn't been a problem with the Las Vegas Raiders at all. Not at all. And I think that you know when you're switching regimes – it's so critical, and they they also get the extra week of training camp this year, playing in the Hall of Fame game, and, and I just think that it's going to be so important 
you know, when they came to Las Vegas, they were already under Gruden and had that system down, but they were still out at that park in Southern Highlands working out just to get their own personal timing down until they could get with the coaching staff when the NFL rules allowed it. The fact that they're, they're all doing the same thing here and spending as much time in that building as they're allowed to be just shows me that these guys are, are hungry to win. They know they've been given the tools to get the job done, and they want to make sure they give themselves the best opportunity once we get to September. Can you believe you and I aren't bumping into each other in the press box or anywhere at a Golden Knight game now when you watch hockey? It's, it's just I'm still in shock. How about you? It's, it's certainly been weird. I, you know, I was telling my kids the other day, this is the first time I've ever been able to really sit down and watch the NHL playoffs because we've always been doing wall-to-wall coverage with the Golden Knights or traveling up to you know who knows where in North America, and you never really sit down and watch the playoffs. And it's very bizarre. Uh, I think it's going to be a one-off. I think that they'll be right back in the thick of things. And uh, you know they'll be one of the favorites to win the Cup in 2023. There's no doubt in my mind. Thank you, Kevin. Uh, Good luck at media availability tomorrow. I know Fox 5 will be leading the way. Thanks for the time. Thanks, JT. Always appreciate it. You got it, Kevin Bollinger. There he is, uh, Fox 5, and uh, the Colin Kaepernick breaking news. He gets a workout today. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of questions to Josh McDaniels on that. I'm assuming Josh McDaniels will be peppered with questions on that sometime tomorrow, and then what's going to happen with some of the holes that the Raiders have and some of the big-picture stories for Josh McDaniels tomorrow. So that's what we have tomorrow, everybody, as we get ready for the rest of the week here. And the Colin Kaepernick breaking news workout story is a game changer for everybody, just from a massive news perspective. You know, big, whenever you see a court case or something big and all of a sudden there's a bunch of satellite TV trucks that show up, yeah, Colin Kaepernick can do that. He can move a lot of those trucks. So the Raiders, with their OTA scheduled tomorrow, 10-15 to 12-15. Our show starts here at 12, so I'll stay back for the show. The practice will be open to the media tomorrow at 12-15 tomorrow, approximately. Josh McDaniels and a few select players will be available for media, and I'm assuming we're going to cover Josh McDaniels live. So 12-15, 12-20, 12-30, whatever it is, we'll go to Josh McDaniels live, as we always do. And we'll hear what he has to say and how much of that will be about the current team, the future of the team, Colin Kaepernick. We'll sit back and see. So that's where we are as we wrap up the show today. Ryan Ludwig, Kevin Bollinger, Jeff Sherman. Uh, Wow, we had a lot of guests today that popped in, and we really appreciate that. Dennis Price, former Raider, cornerback jumped in. Bill Williamson all came together today with Bobby. Wake up in the morning. Who do you want to get on, Bobby? Let's try this. And we, we, we try to get to the best guest in Vegas in all aspects of sports as the Raiders are in the offseason before we go heavy on the Raiders when the season starts. And it was a pretty heavy day today. I think we'd all agree. So that's it. we got so many of our partners to thank, and we will thank them all week long. We thank many of them today. But a quick reminder here, what a job we have now. We are excited to welcome a couple of massive casino properties to the show. On a long-term commitment, Virgin Hotels, Resorts World, M Resort Spawn Casino. I'm proud of that. Those are long-standing relationships for me. And our great friends from Modelo, the fighting spirit of Modelo. My dad's here. You know, I'm off tonight. I'm going to have a bucket of Modelo's with my dad right now as he's in town to take advantage of that. Have a great day, everybody. Keep it here to Q and Vinny on deck. Raider Nation Radio.